Welcome to Keep the Republic with Dr. Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee Conservatives of Picture Perfect Window Cleaning and Stone Crossing Event Center. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here. In keeping with my promise, we're going to be talking about stuff going on in Idaho because Idaho is at the cusp, I think, of a very important decision. And if we don't do things right, we could lose this state and let it turn blue. And we don't want that because you take a look at the other states around that are blue. And well, that's why folks are moving to Idaho. So we can have a place that has a constitutional mindset and that's what we're about on this show called keep the republic and with me today is ron nate and ron nate's been on the show before uh ron nate is now got some cool news for us ron first of all uh welcome to keep the republic thank you it's always a pleasure to be here uh wonderful show daniel Thank you. And I, I just want to jump straight in because we've got some kind of cool news. I first invited you. This is kind of funny. I asked you to come on to the show. And then after I asked you to come on and you said, yes, then you got this cool news. What's the cool news? Well, the cool news is that I am a 25-year career economics professor, but I am stepping down from that position and I have taken the position of president at the Idaho Freedom Foundation. Congratulations. Thank you. And I do want to point out it comes on the on the heels of of a legacy of great leadership under Wayne Hoffman. He built that thing from nothing. Mm-hmm. And now the Idaho Freedom Foundation is probably the most influential policy think tank in Idaho. And it's the desire of other states to have something like that that can drive conservative policy, protect the forgotten man, the little guy, the taxpayer in Idaho. And uh, Idaho owes a great deal of gratitude to Wayne Hoffman and what he's built there. And my goal is to continue that legacy and maybe even take it to new heights if that's possible. If possible. Like as as you say, uh, Wayne did a great job. Wayne's been on the show quite a bit. Fred Birnbaum from IFF has been on the show quite a bit. We kind of turn to you guys for what's happening in the state. And that's kind of why I wanted you on the show. Because the session just started. The legislative mm-hmm. session just started. And that means they're going to be passing new laws. And those laws, as I said, if we're not careful, will go the way of the blue states. And we don't want that here. We don't. So we've seen it happen in other states. Colorado used to be a solidly red state, conservative. But then uh, a lot of outside influence, outside money, and a, I guess, well-constructed plan to turn it blue was effective. If you you haven't seen the movie, what is it, Rocky Mountain Heist, Mm -hmm. you ought to look it up because... That is a preview of what's coming to Idaho or what is already here in Idaho if we're not careful and vigilant in protecting our freedoms. It is happening here. And if people don't want to watch the movie, The Rocky Mountain Heist, they can read the book called The Blueprint. It was the book from which that movie was made. Um, But one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Ron, was the IFF itself. The IFF gets a bad rap in the left-wing media. They refer to you guys as a libertarian think tank. And so it's interesting. I have referred to myself as a, a Christian libertarian for a long time. In fact, I even left the Republican Party when I saw that George W. Bush and his neocons were not doing things in accordance with what I would consider Republican principles. And I 
joined the independent party. And then I found out that I couldn't vote in the Republican primary, so <laughs> I had to switch back to re- reading a registered Republican. But, you know, I do a weekly podcast with Alan Keyes, and he resonates with this too, the idea of a Christian libertarian. Because libertarian has a very wide uh, left-right mindset. It's conservative in many ways, but you can also have left-wing libertarians, people who are very do whatever you want, drugs, fine, and, and, and they think all libertarians think that way. That's not true, but that's not my question. I just want to set that up. Mm-hmm. My question is, where do you see conservatism happening? Because I look at the IFF as a conservative think tank, not a libertarian think tank. How do you define that? Uh, I think you're right. The use of the word libertarian by the left-wing media is used as an ad hominem attack because they have nothing else to go on. And so they just want to throw around labels. And uh, that's what they do because they know that the word libertarian has this tradition of being associated with all you want to do is legalize marijuana and other bad drugs and, and let people be hedonistic. But that's not truly the the idea of libertarianism. But really, conservatism is a better label because what it involves is is an economic policy viewpoint, a political policy viewpoint, and all the while preserving individual freedoms and liberties, but holding people responsible for whatever costs they might impose on others through their own actions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the the legalization of of, of drugs might might be uh, an issue with the conservative mindset because you do impose costs on others. There is a there is definitely a spillover effect of of bad social policy hurting the average American and and hurting the American ideal of the nuclear family and uh, government off your back, limited government and uh, maximum freedom that you can enjoy and you can prosper and protect your property and your rights. One of the things that bothers me when I see the left-wing media, and I will even go so far as to say some Republicans in this state, people who put ours after their names, is they, they look at the conservatives who are moving here from other states, that which I call political refugees. Mm-hmm. They're moving here because they have a conservative mindset. And... I remember watching Reagan, Ronald Reagan, on The Tonight Show, and Johnny Carson asked him a question. This just tell you how old I am, right? Johnny Carson asked him a question about what it means to be a Republican. And, and Reagan's answer was very profound. He said, at the heart of Republican is libertarianism. I thought that was ingenious because it really is. It's, it's you leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. Let's just do our own thing. Yep. And so what I unfortunately see in this state is these people who are what I call establishment Republicans, who don't like the conservative Republicans, who sometimes say we espouse libertarian principles, they will equate that drug thing and they'll, they will, in advertisements and in newscasts, they will say, oh, they want to bring drugs, they want to legalize drugs. Nothing could be further from the truth. Exactly right. And, and again, it's, it's label lynching. We're just going to use the word libertarian. And because libertarian means legalized drugs, then all these people want to legalize drugs. Well, we didn't choose the label libertarian. We didn't choose the idea that we want to legalize drugs necessarily. We just want 
maximum individual freedom and people to to live their lives. I like the Reagan quote. I also remember another Johnny Carson Reagan quote. Uh, he was talking about budgets. And remember when Reagan took over, our government was growing out of control. And one of the first things he did is had one of his uh, chief advisors, I think it was David Stockman. He uh, put him in charge of saying, all right, what kind of agencies can we pare down? What kind of agencies can we eliminate? And and Johnny Carson asked Reagan, he goes, you know, how do you stop the government spending and the government growth? And Reagan's response was priceless. He says, well, the same way you protect your virtue, you say no. Hmm. And that's what he did a lot of times. And so that's how he, he approached getting government under control is just you need someone to say no. And when we talk about conservatives in the Idaho legislature, they say no. But unfortunately for the establishment legislators, that exposes them. That is why they are so upset with the conservatives, with the Freedom Caucus members who are not going to rubber stamp every budget or every request the governor makes. They want to protect the taxpayer and the family There's and so not much, just the special interests. So much to talk about with that. Um, I need to take a quick pause here, Ron, to give an acknowledgement to one of our new sponsors. Uh, we have a new sponsor on this show, and it is called Stone Crossing. And if you're planning a special event, an anniversary, a wedding, a company party, any kind of event you want people to remember, you want to book your event with Stone Crossing. You can find out about them at stonecrossing.com. Stone Crossing is a beautiful estate. It's bordering Eagle and Boise just off Idaho 55. It's a gorgeous venue. It's been artistically renovated. It's got beautiful stone walls cathedral ceilings, marble floors, antique wood. The atmosphere is elegant and the views are breathtaking. Their staff is very attentive. They'll take care of all your needs. I've been to several events at Stone Crossing and I have been impressed every time. Visit stonecrossing.com to schedule your event or schedule a private tour where they'll answer all your questions so that your event happens just as you want. Naturally, you want to tell them you heard about it on the Keep the Republic show, but definitely check them out at stonecrossing.com. And we want to thank them for being a new sponsor here on Keep the Republic. Well, we are talking with Ron Nate of the Idaho Freedom Foundation, the new president of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. And Ron, the legislative session just started uh, Mr. Little got up and gave his State of the State address, and you wrote a piece that is uh, people can find on trueidahonews.com and probably on the Idaho Freedom website as well. Correct. Uh, but it's called, Governor Little is Seeing a Lot of Nails. Tell us <laughs> <laughs> what drove you to write this piece. Well, it's, the old adage is, uh, you know, give a kid a hammer and everything becomes a nail, right? <laughs> and so you want to use that hammer, you want to pound some nails, and then everything starts looking like a nail. What can this hammer do? When I was a little kid, my dad gave me a hammer while he was trying to distract me from the real work he was doing of building a shed. And sure enough, I pounded a few nails. I also pounded a few rocks, glass, M&Ms, everything. But uh, Governor Little uh, has this budget and this budget that's been out of control for a few years now. Mm. And he uses it to pound every nail he can see and, and everything, every agency, every aspect of our lives, he sees as something that he can use government or the government budget to try and tackle. School buildings in disrepair, no longer a local issue. He wants to use state funds to go ahead and repair your, your, uh, your schools. But, you know, one of the problems with that is school districts are responsible for their facilities. Those who have done it well won't be needing that money. Those who haven't done it well will be getting taxpayer dollars 
from those in the districts who were responsible. So it's really a, another unfair distribution scheme. And so we can go through all sorts of policies that the governor has outlined here, and they all involve using the budget, bigger increases, bigger spending, bigger government to try and solve every problem he sees in the state. This budget in Idaho has ballooned under Brad Little. We have gone from, well, you used to be a representative. When you first started, we had a, what, $4 billion budget? Yeah, it was it was just getting up to close to $6 billion budget. Then when I, when I first took office, I ran in 2014. This latest budget was approaching, bumping up against $14 billion. And so going, I mean, that's more than doubling in just a few years. This, these last three years, we've seen an increase of taking federal dollars. We, we've seen 22 billion federal dollars come into our state and we're spending it. The governor says we have the most responsible state budget in history or in the country or whatever he says, but 43% of that is coming from a federal, from the federal coffers, which are, which the federal government's in debt the federal government's using uh, printing of money to, to finance this. And I don't see how you can say you are being physically responsible when nearly 43% of your budget is based on dollars that are borrowed at the federal level. And I can't call that conservative either. Not at all. Not at all. And not only, not only does he do that, he has the gall to call out the federal government in his speech and say, the federal government's out of control. They're borrowing way too much money. They need to do what Idaho does. We, need, we balance our budget every year. Yeah, but we balance it on the back of federal borrowed dollars. Yeah, and unfortunately, the mainstream media doesn't report that, which is why we have this show, so that you can. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like to say the mainstream media, the, the, the art of reporting has really has really suffered in the last few decades, maybe half century. When you watch all the president's men and the level of investigative reporting they did in, mm-hmm. in the Watergate scandal, mm-hmm. today, nothing close to that. All reporters do is they go and record an event, get a quote, and put it in their article. There's no investigation, no deep thought. I call them news repeaters, not news reporters anymore because they are not doing any investigation. A critical look at any of these issues, and, and you would, you'd start to have some serious questions about how the, the government in Idaho is working and how the governor is uh, overspending your tax dollars. I've heard many people say that Brad Little has never seen a tax dollar he doesn't like because he's going to get it and find someplace to go spend it. Absolutely. And he's going to spend it in a way that uh, suits his cronies. The Idaho launch program last year, uh, $105 million, and it's to be managed by the Workforce Development Council. I looked into it. The Workforce Development Council uh, is composed of people from some of the big special interest companies in Idaho, Mm -hmm. and many of them have donated either directly to Brad Little or to Friends of Brad Little PAC, and they are now managing the $105 million Idaho launch money. I tried to bring that up in committee, and they wanted to haul me out with a security guard. Are you serious? Absolutely. There's video on it. Uh, just Oh, that video. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. As I soon as I that. started talking about the governor's cronies and how they are managing this money, they, uh, they called up the security guard. 
It's well, amazing. Let's talk about that for a second because IACI is a moving force in this state, unfortunately. And the IACI stands for the Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry. But you're not going to see mom and pop stores in IACI. That is comprised of big business. Am I right? That's right. It is big business. It's Micron. They've even served, uh, I think, uh, part of the Facebook build, the Meta Center, was was part of IACI's work. It, yeah, the big... Uh, Big corporations in Idaho, um, if you want to talk about uh, corporatism or corporate influence governance, IACI is driving all that. Now, when IACI first started, I think it was about protecting businesses from the overreach of government, the overtaxation, the overregulation of government. But they've lost their way because their big donors are coming from these big businesses, and so they need to serve them. And so you'll see IACI promoting everything that's big business and forgetting completely about the little guy. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And unfortunately, you have people who put R's after their names in this state who will say that the Idaho Freedom Foundation has some subjective grading system for bills and the IACI is very clear and open and nothing could be further from opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows IACI's grading system. Oh, I do. You oh. want to hear it? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> Idaho Freedom Foundation does its grading on a freedom index with 12 metrics, talking about whether it grows government, shrinks government, raises taxes, lowers taxes, increases. 12 metrics for that. The And they're I, online, too. They are online. They're, they're published. Anybody, and anybody can see them. Every time we rate a bill, we talk about which of those metrics are either being violated or supported, and that's why the rating comes for the bill. And then the legislators determine their own freedom score based on how they vote on bills. The Freedom Foundation doesn't grade legislators. We grade legislation, mm-hmm. and the legislators determine their own, their own ranking. But IACI, their metric is this. Vote in support of IACI plus one. Vote against IACI policy minus one. That is their metric. Mm. And what goes into support or opposition? It's up to IACI to decide. Completely subjective completely nebulous. And when you vote in support of IACI, what you're doing is supporting a bill that, that helps big business. It doesn't necessarily help the small mom and pop. Absolutely. Just think back in time. When was the last time IACI supported a policy that helped you as a, as a family, as an individual, as a worker? It's all to help the big businesses. Correct. This is what's so sad. Um, Before we continue, Ron, I want to give a shout out to a couple more of our sponsors, including Picture Perfect Window Cleaning. They do both business and residential window cleaning. They also do more. They do gutter cleaning, pressure washing, and screen repair. And you can save yourself some money if you tell them you heard about them on the Keep the Republic show. You're going to get $50 off any window cleaning job over $250 or 10% off your total bill, whichever is greater. Just tell them you heard about them on the Keep the Republic show to get your savings. Visit windowcleaningboise.com to learn more. That's windowcleaningboise.com. I also want to call your attention to Conservatives Of. They are a sponsor of this show. They've been a sponsor since the beginning. They are a political action committee with a mission to help constitutionally-minded conservative Christians get elected to office. We've got constitutionally-minded Christian conservatives in office today because of the help of Conservatives Of. Now, like any super PAC, they work by donations. So if you want to help candidates and causes that align with constitutional principles, 
you can make a donation of any size to Conservatives Of. Just go to conservativesof.com to do that. And when you do that, please be sure to say thank you for being a sponsor of Keep the Republic. Ron, Nate, we're talking with Ron here with the Idaho Freedom Foundation. We're talking about conservatives. Let me ask you the question. How do you define a conservative? That is a great question, Daniel. The definition of conservative, I think, has been perverted by the liberal media. Traditionally, a conservative meant somebody who wanted to preserve the status quo, to preserve the traditional values, the founding values of our country, and that was what a conservative was. Today, when you hear the word conservative, it's not about just preserving the status quo. I think a true conservative is somebody who wants to stop the growth of government, stop the the leftward shift and the woke shift of our society and restore that which has been lost. So it's not just about preserving the status quo anymore. It's about going back to traditional values, reclaiming our control over our local schools, reclaiming our family values and what it means for a family to be able to live and grow and earn and prosper on the the founding principles of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, protection of property, and other God-given rights. Mm-hmm. Which is opposite of what the left wants to do, which is to reinstitute a top-down authoritarian government. <laughs> That's where they're going. And it's kind of funny because they call themselves progressives with all these new progressive ideas, when in fact, they're regressive Prior to the founding of this country, almost every, if not every, I can think back to ancient Israel being the exception, was a top-down authoritarian government, a king, a sultan, an emir, somebody in charge. And yet here they, they got together and said, hey, let's go from the bottom up. Let's flip it. And so we are the king. The people of this country are the rulers of this country. And so when they say they're progressive, they're not. They're regressive. That's right. We the people is where the power comes from in government by the consent of the governed. But today's progressive is really a super regressive. They want to leap leapfrog back over our traditional and founding values and go back to the era of, of tyrants and oligarchs. And you've mentioned that, you know, part of it is stopping the woke agenda. And we're seeing a lot of that with the world economic forum and they are promulgating many um, methods and policies and practices that they think the world should have. These guys aren't even elected. They've just, they're all self-appointed people and they're making all these decisions. Here's my concern, Ron. I don't know if you know this or not, but the, our governor, Brad Little, is a member of the National Governors Association. Okay, not a problem. The problem is that the National Governors Association has written agreements with the World Economic Forum to institute their policies. That should be of concern to us. Absolutely. The governor does join these organizations. And and as a legislator, I know that we were invited many times to join like the National Council of State Legislators. And that sounds nice that you can go and collaborate with other state legislators, go to conferences and and learn to do things together. But what they want to do by and large is coordinate policy from across the states and make it more unified and uniform. And that takes away the federalism principle where each state is its own sovereign, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and making its own rules and that they are incubators or laboratories for best policy. But if, 
if a national council on state legislatures or the governor's association wants to unify all this policy, it's not going to be in a conservative way. It's going to be in the the wokest and liberal way possible. And so the World Economic Forum is is one that wants to do that sort of thing. They want to unify policy across the the globe, essentially. But it is not that is that that which is responsive to the to the little guy to the families. It's not by the consent of the governed. It is a top down approach, and by definition, more tyrannical. And we see by the policies that they propose. You know, when there's a pandemic, they want to have a world policy rather than individual countries or even individual state policies. They mm-hmm. think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. We think that is responsive. And unfortunately, they use the phrase efficient. <laughs> they use that word to describe this is the benefit of this is it's efficient. The problem is that we weren't designed to be efficient. This country was designed to have debate and discussion and analysis. That's what they wanted. They didn't want stuff rushed through. And we see this uh, criticism being given to conservatives who want to stop and analyze and look things through before making those decisions. Yeah, I think that's a perversion of the efficiency principle. I think they are looking at it from the governance perspective. We want efficient governance. And the most efficient governance is one guy making all the decisions. Yeah. I mean, what is the cost of coming up with a decision that way? They can just make the decision. You know, no investigation, no whatever. But true responsive government is hard and it's slow and it's contemplative because it involves filtering the consent of the governed through a representative government. And that should be, by nature, inefficient in that way, that it should take time and it should take deliberation and it should be hard. And yeah, that kind of governance is inefficient. The interesting thing is the policies that come out of the World Economic Forum, the tyrannical form of government, are the most inefficient and the most invasive. But the policies that come out of a representative republic, which is responsive to the consent of the governed, tends to be more efficient and smaller and protects the rights better. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Well, Ron, Nate, I really want to appreciate you uh, stopping by the studio. We're out of time, unfortunately. I could talk to you forever about this stuff. We've been talking with Ron Nate with the Idaho Freedom Foundation, new president of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. How do people get a hold of your organization? Uh, Well, they can get online and and look up IdahoFreedom.org and uh, visit our website, sign up to our emails, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for having me on, Daniel. My pleasure. You've been tuned in to Keep the Republic. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski. I will catch you next week at the same time. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic, sponsored by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of, Picture Perfect Window Cleaning, and Stone Crossing Event Center. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.